body. You know, America's all about hot, badass, nasty speed. I mean, that's how you got to play the game of hockey. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Behind the Mask. I'm Ryan Rodosovich, joined alongside Jacob Sinson and Cameron McLaren. Gentlemen, how are we doing on this Wednesday evening here? Um, doing all right. It's a little cold outside, snowing when I got here. Um, but, you know, there's uh, some things that you could be a little more excited about, or that I hope you're a little more excited about, talking about Michigan State hockey. Um, but all in all, uh, I'm personally doing pretty good. Yeah, I mean, could be better on the Michigan State end. Could be a lot better from the Dallas Stars end. I don't know how they lose to the 32nd place last in the league Canadians last night, but you win some, you lose some, and then you lose a lot of them in a row. So that's just me. But other than that, it's pretty okay. Finally got my textbooks in from Chegg, even though I thought they weren't going to come back because of the, the weather that's been south of us. But that's enough weather talk, so... Just gonna, just gonna throw it in there. Blues have won four of the last five. I'll take it. The only loss was the one goal to the Leafs. Are we doing the take a shot for however many times you bring up the Blues? Because boom, one oh. down. Just kidding. We don't have any. I just have to. Any. I have to bring it up like it's once per episode. But you know, I'll but take it. Nonetheless, we had some Big Ten action to talk about. Whenever I update the standings, I feel like I'm all over the place whenever I say them. So this time, I'll hopefully make it easier by saying just the Big Ten standings and then going through saying their national rank and what they did. So I'm going to try it differently this time. Let's see if it works. So Michigan right now, number one in the Big Ten with 29 points, followed by Ohio State with 27. They leapfrog number three, Minnesota with 25 points followed by Minnesota's number four, Notre Dame of 24, Wisconsin leapfrogging Michigan State for the fifth spot, Michigan State behind them in sixth, and then Penn State with eight points dead last in the Big Ten. So that's the uh, updated Big Ten standings, but the games to note, the Big Ten games that happened over the weekend, uh, number three, Michigan did sweep Penn State to regain that first spot in the Big Ten. Uh, Number 15, Ohio State did split their series over number 13, Notre Dame, and that gives Ohio State enough points to surpass or to overpass Minnesota. Surpass, and same word works there. Um, at the time, number eight, Minnesota actually dropped a game to Alaska. Uh, not really much to talk about there, but they did drop a game to a 6 13 and 2 team. I don't know. That came out of nowhere. And then um, MSU, unfortunately, did get swept by Wisconsin, something that none of us saw is coming and all of us want to not really talk about. But hey, let's just go through it fast. Why not? Game one, 5-2 loss. Not much to talk about. Susanna had a really nice goal, really nice snipe, top corner uh, from the opposite side of the ice. Uh, But after 20, Michigan State was down 3-1. Middendorf did open the second with a quick goal, making it 3-2, anybody's game at that point. But this is where we talked about like the games being won. This is where, if we if we bring it back to last week's pod, we talked about the special teams. And Wisconsin, in the third period alone, got two power play goals and sealed the deal 5-2. So their power play comes in huge, and that's the reason why they win that game. Also, Kyle Haskins, somebody we talked about last year a lot, as a uh, offensive upside this year, he finally picked up his first point. So I got a question for you guys with his first point being 
gotten at this point in the season. How surprising is that? And how have you wished Haskins has been more effective, I guess? I don't know. Open-ended question. I mean, when you're, when you're dealing with a younger guy like Haskins, it does kind of sometimes take a little bit for them to settle in. It takes people um, definitely a little longer than other other players just to get you know acclimated to the flow of the offense, being able to figure out how to like be most effective on a team. And I think Haskins is finally starting to figure that out now um, as far as the development goes. Which is obviously good for him, and I, it's big for an MSU team that is really struggling to find an offense right now. So I, I think really the key there is just always being able to continue to do the job that most forwards do, which is, you know, move the puck effectively, play in the hard areas of the ice, and throw pucks on net. And yeah, and that's really kind of the big thing right there is continually finding more and more ways to be effective. On that, um, and contribute in as many ways as possible. And I think Haskins is finally starting to figure that out. I mean, we're we're talking about a player who started off the season last last season very well. I think he had points in the first three games, and then the offense went dry. And sometime, or not sometimes, the well went very dry. I'm talking desert dry. And this is a guy who's played 15 games this year. That's his first assist. Mind you, he's been in and out of the lineup and at some point, sometimes a healthy scratch, sometimes not a healthy scratch as uh, he was injured during one of, uh, I think, the Penn State series is where, yes, Penn State series. That was at Happy Valley. So to me, I th- I think that with the way that this season has been going for Michigan State, it all comes down to the lower end scoring and it's just been non-existent in the past few weeks. And it's not even just the scoring. If people don't score, you at least want to have your third or fourth line. You you don't want to be defending in your zone the entire time. And you don't want, you want them to be able to get some offensive zone pressure to where you can get that mismatch, getting either the last change or you can send um, at home or sending out the big guns, the the people that you want on the ice with an offensive zone face off. And that's just that hasn't been there as of late. And good for Haskins to pick up his first point, but for him, I believe, to just stay in the lineup and cause a ruckus, he's gonna need to be able to, to be a lot better in terms of basically keeping Michigan State in the offensive zone. Now, mind you, he's a very good penalty killer. If I remember correctly, he's on the penalty kill. And that's another reason why the the offensive well is dried up, is because Michigan State's been on the penalty kill for a long time in the past few games and we'll, we'll talk about it but I mean to, to take a look I mean just game one if I have the correct scoring yeah Wisconsin has five power plays I mean it's 10 minutes of penalty time but it's it's enough to where you know all of that six minutes of it not it not elapsed six minutes but Wisconsin scores two power play goals in the third period on three opportunities that they had in that period. So you have no offense going forward in that period just because you're on that you're on the penalty kill the entire time. So you can't get your third liners, your fourth liners to give you anything if you don't give them the opportunity to. So for me it's good for Haskins to get his first point on the season, but their Michigan State's going to need a lot more point production or at least offensive zone time from their their bottom six if they want to be able to win a few more games. Yeah, and speaking of that, bottom six scoring has seemingly been empty 
it, it's been nice to be distracted by all the newcomers in the top end scoring, like Lochran, Middendorf, and Davidson. But it it distracts you from the fact that oh, Michigan State doesn't have any secondary scoring, and now that that first two line scoring has not happened in the last couple weeks, it's starting to be exploited and being you know brought to the front of the table. That oh shoot, we don't have any second secondary scoring. I mean, my thing is is Michigan State's had the back end come up big time. You have big time goals from the Krieger twins. You have goals from Sasana. You have point production from Neenhouse. But there's only so much that they can do before you become a one-trick pony. And that's essentially what Michigan State has had to be. I mean, you take a look at the, the scoring summary from the last game. Sasana and Mendorf in the first game. And the assists on that were to the, I'm pretty sure, top line of Tucker, Davidson, and Mendorf, which, yes, that is a top line. And then Haskins, Matson, and Sasana. So that's that's where they finally got their, their fourth line, essentially, production. But it, it's going to need to be a lot more if they want to compete with top teams in the Big Ten. Yeah, and for the beginning of the year, most of the times they were competing with Big Ten teams in the top ten just because their first couple lines were doing good. But now, like I said, those first couple lines have fizzled out over the last couple weeks, and that's when it really starts to get a little rough. Speaking of that, game one, like I said earlier, 5-2 loss. Some other stats from that. MSU was shot outshot once again, 39-30. to Duritter was in the net. He stopped 34 out of those 39 shots. And then something that we're going to talk about going into the second game and after that, a little bit more as the power play. MSU went zero for three, while Wisconsin went two for five in that first game. So moving on to game two, closer but still a loss for Michigan State. They lose three two. Adam Goodsir did open up the scoring. He uh, in the second he nets his first of the year off Gucciardi and Gallagher. Uh, Cole Krieger did get his fourth of the season. He brings MSU to a two one lead going into the third, and this is where. We were watching it. We were paying attention to Twitter. And this is where, at least I thought, 2-1 lead going into the third. Michigan State, not as of the last week, but most of the season have been a really good third-period team. And usually a very, very good second-game team in the series. So I I saw this 2-1 lead going into the third, and I'm like, Michigan State knows how to handle business. They'll be able to. But they did not. So... Uh, Wisconsin did actually uh, do a little do a little repeat of what they did the night before. They put on another two power play goals against MSU in the third. Wisconsin wins that game 3-2. That's a weekend sweep for Wisconsin. So, so something's got to change clearly. So the question that I'm going to give you guys right now is with MSU once again outshot seemingly for almost every game this season, this time 46-26, to and seemingly outshot by a lesser opponent, even though Wisconsin did get the sweep this weekend. What does MSU need to do to slow down opposing teams' attack and possibly win a shot battle for a game and get that advantage? Well, I think obviously one of the big the big thing you have to look at with that is staying out of the box. And easier said than done. And a lot of times you can kind of consider like that maybe the refs aren't giving aren't being the most fair to them. They did wind up with what looks like what 17 penalty minutes total if you count Haskins five in game um in in the um in the third period of yeah, that. that sorry I gotta cut you off that's almost a period a man down I mean sure there's four on fours that happen a lot in college hockey but yeah 
that that's been happening game in and game out with these Spartans. Well, so if you count that as a full seventeen minutes for that third period, then you can add another eight minutes on top of that for the penalties they got in the first two periods. Um, but like they were still, yeah. When you when you're playing on the power play that much, especially down the stretch like that, trying to defend a lead, you're playing with fire at that point, and it really just it doesn't do you any favors uh, because it's impossible to generate any sort of momentum like that. And especially when you're Wisconsin at that point, Wisconsin was kind of dominating the shot total too. And it's hard to keep the puck away from your goalie when you're con- when you're constantly playing a man down. Like final score or final shot total of that game was forty five to twenty six in favor of Wisconsin. Like you can't do that and expect to be competitive in the league. So I think the key really is just. You can't shoot yourself in the foot and play a man down the whole time. And you can argue how much of that is Michigan State not playing discipline, how, how much of that is just the refs not giving them necessarily a fair shake, is what it is. But case in point, you got to stay out of the box one way or another. I mean... Here comes the camera in time. I feel it coming. There's no, <clears throat> There's not much that Michigan State has shown to slow down opposing teams. Opposing teams are going to do whatever they want. Now we know as a as a podcast and as a, a, a trio over here that there are a few teams that will always put up a lot of shots. One of them being Wisconsin. One of them being the another being Penn State. So having Wisconsin have 40 shots is not necessarily surprising. They had 17 of those on the power play in that second game. And if I do the math correctly, just on penalties alone, that happened in the third period. Michigan State gave up 12 shots on the power play to Wisconsin. So it's, I I don't really know because to me, that's a game that you need your power play to stay up or to, to basically you know, resurrect themselves. You get a five and a 10 to, I'm pretty sure Roman Deshaun in the first period, uh, literally not even five minutes in and you don't convert on the, the five minute major. Okay. That that's fine. But then, you know, everything's, you think it's all smooth sailing whenever you score in the second period, less than five minutes remaining, you're up two to one. And up to that point, Michigan State had, I don't think, had lost a game at that point when leading after two periods. Well, they lost because Kyle Haskins took a five and a 10 for head contact. Now, mind you, when you look at the replay of that, of that, it was a very quick replay during the game. Uh, I was able to watch it on BTM plus. It was a very quick replay to me. That was undeserving of a five and a 10. That's just me. But you can only control what the things that you can control. That's what Dan Cole had said at his press conference yesterday. Um, um, actually, after practice yesterday, there's only they can only control what they can control. Some things are out of their hands. Replay process, that's out of your hands. But they did good at the first three minutes of the power play. First two or three minutes, I believe, of killing that penalty off. And then the wheels fell off. And then the wheels fell off big time and you find yourself down three to two and you can't get back to it. It's like, 
it deflated. It basically deflated Michigan State to give up those two goals on that major. And that's something that just can't happen. Especially when you, you last week I talked about it, you need to you need at least a split. You want to sweep, you need at least a split on the road in order for Michigan State to have a decent record so far or going into the month of February after after this week. But as it stands right now, they're going to be under 500 for the first month of the, or for the first time this season in a month. Yep. In terms of a monthly schedule and for the first time this season too. It's to me it just it can't happen. You can't spend almost an entire game on the penalty kill or pretty much close to a a period in terms of overall penalty minutes both games. But at too. the same time you I, I don't know because some sometimes refs referees call it tighter. Sometimes they call it looser. Maybe in the at the beginning of the game, and then they'll change halfway. I'm not blaming the refs for this. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying that you cannot, and I repeat, you cannot spend almost the entire third period on the penalty kill because you have no offense going forward. All of your penalty killers are usually on your second or third line, and some of your top defensemen too. They get tired. It's situational awareness. You go up two to one in a place that you can win at against a team that you need to beat in order to stay ahead of them in the standings and become closer to Ohio State and Notre Dame who are pulling away. So it's it all comes back to fruition of does this team want a home playoff game? Because if I remember correctly, they haven't had one in the past few years. Under Cole, I don't think they have. And to me, that's that's this team a few weeks ago looked like they could make some noise if given the opportunity to. Mm-hmm. Now I don't know. That that's all I'm gonna say. I'll put a cap on it. Of there's only so much you can control in the penalty aspect, but you can't give a team like Wisconsin the opportunity to go on the job multiple times, especially in the third period when they're down by one. Because though they don't have Cole Caulfield, his brother scored. And then guys that punished them last year, D. St. Fall, he scored. It's It's got to change. It's got to be a little, as Jacob said, they got to be more disciplined. You can take three or four penalties a game. But you can't You can't give an opposition six, seven opportunities. You give Michigan, Michigan that, they're capitalizing five times. That's how good certain teams are in the Big Ten especially on the power play. You can't play with fire because most of the time you're going to get burned and they got burned. That That's all I'm going to say. Yeah, going from the GLI showcase to then the Minnesota series and now the Wisconsin series, like the GLI showcase proved to us, I think we could say collectively, like, okay, Michigan State went head-to-head with uh, Northern Michigan and Western Michigan. They looked very good both games. One they won, one they lost. But this proved that they could hang with some of the bigger teams, which we we saw earlier in the season too. That just helped prove it. And then the two series after that, MSU now goes 0-4. They look completely off on the power play. The penalty kill, they aren't the same. They're letting teams like Wisconsin that up to this weekend or up to last weekend seem like a lower team. They're letting them walk all over them and dictate the rate of play. And now it's... What MSU are we seeing now? We've asked the question all year. What MSU 
do we have looking at the team? And now it's it's an even bigger question mark. We thought we had it solved, but now it's just oh god, it's puzzling. But um, some other yeah, Jacob, what you got? If I can interject here, I yeah. think partially kind of what the reason or one of the reasons I think for why it is this way is I think they're trying to play the same style of hockey they've been playing in the first half of the season and we're kind of getting away with uh, and they're not really adjusting right now. Yeah, um, I, that I, set, that yes. style of hockey being kind of just try and get as many shots or well, not even that. It's more just you can allow however many shots you want against your goalies. You have some of the best goalies in the country in Charleston and Duretter. Have them keep the shot or have them keep the goal totals low. Um, have them run up their state percentages and then get like two, maybe three goals uh, and hope that be enough to win. And it worked fairly well for them. They had a winning record going into the break. Uh, and, and you know, like we said, they look like they have potential, like they can hang with some of these bigger teams. I think they're doubling down on that even harder and it's, and it's hurting them big time because they have been getting burned cons- on consecutive weekends. Now I have it written down. Just, I averaged out the shot on goal in the cal in the new calendar year of Michigan State so far, and, and in 2022 the Spartans are getting outshot on average 45 to 26. You can't win games like that. Mm-mm. Just case in point. Full stop. End of sentence. Right there. You cannot win games when you are getting outshot on an average of almost 20. I, I it doesn't matter whether you have Drew DeRitter, Pierce Charlson, or Prime Martin Brodeur. And Patrick Waugh in net. Like, you, you can't win games. All four of them at once, too. No, yes. okay, maybe that would be a little bit too you intense. See, Never mind. This is where I beg to differ. Mm. Because so. this is a mis- This is almost minus a few transfers and a few, uh, like, minus seven new additions. This is pretty much the same core group of teams that gave up, what, 50 sh- 51, 52 to Minnesota? And had a one goal lead with five minutes left to play in the opening round of the Big Ten tournament last year. This is it's the same thing I will argue. as last year that it is this year. But for me, I don't think it's necessarily the shot totals. I think it's been a trend of Michigan State relying too much on special teams because they've been very good, and I mean exceptionally well on the penalty kill until the fast past four weeks. Yeah, they had been really good on the power play at the beginning of the year, mind you, Ferris. Miami, UMass Lowell, Air Force, UMass Lowell, good team. I think they they didn't go too hot on the power play during those two games, but then Air Force, and then they started beating teams in the Big Ten using the power play. They split Penn State using some power play goals. They beat Wisconsin, I'm pretty sure, because of power play goals. I made the reference earlier. It's a one-trick pony. Last year, Michigan State couldn't score on the power play. They were decent on the penalty kill, but their one-trick pony was they had two goaltenders in net that kept them in games week in and week out whenever they shouldn't have been there. And they got burned multiple times. The 5-1 Ohio State, uh, the, what, 9-1 Michigan game? Right now, I think it's Definitely Michigan. Definitely 7-2, but the, the same same worse. S- same yeah. thing, <laughs> in, in my eyes. Right now, Michigan State's relying too hard on power plays, and they're not getting any. And the ones that they are getting, they're not converting. Five-on-five five scoring has been dripping. It was flowing like a freshly or like a freshly opened dam or dam. Now, the the wells run dry. 
and it's very dry at the moment because they keep relying on power plays that they're not getting. See, oh, you want to go ahead first, Ryan? I, I want to go ahead first because okay. it goes off of what you said. This is where if I'm somebody on the team, if I'm a fan of the team, if I'm just a reporter covering the team, this is where you look at the head coach to make a change, to make a difference in something. What you said earlier, Jacob, you said that teams now know how MSU plays. They know the game plan for how MSU plays. And I we could argue that that game plan's been there for the last couple of years. MSU just has more scoring this year. But the other thing is, yeah, the game planning is a huge thing in every single sport. Now teams know how Michigan State plays. Dance and Cole, you're the head coach. You got to figure something out. I know it's going to turn into the line scrambling, but like, just down to the bare bones of how you play, you might you might want to throw something else into practice that goes like, hey, this is new. Let's try it out. Let's expand on it. You know, just something. See, I would also add this. I think what you were saying, what Ken was saying about special teams also helps a lot, or it does make a lot of sense. But my case on it is this. Uh, you're talking specifically about MSU getting away with having a really good penalty kill. Who is the most pe important penalty killer on the ice anytime you're on penalty kill? It's goalie. your goalie. Exactly. So that's the thing with that. And they're they're relying, I think, too much on the goalies to try and bail them out uh, and help them survive a lot of those penalty kills. Because a lot of those penalty kills, if you watch them, it's not like MSU is necessarily doing a great job of limiting scoring chances or anything like that or keeping the puck away from the goalies. Like I said, they're allowing 45 shots a game recent, uh, recently out of the last four. There, I think more they were just getting bailed out by those goalies at the at that point, and that's the thing that I that I think is really help or is really kind of what's been derailing them. And you were talking about the offense as well. The off offenses always go through spurts in terms of, you know, going through a little bit of scoring droughts every now and again, um, and that's why I always think. I, this is a take I've gone to, I've talked about multiple times before, at least with you two, but the, my my take I have is, at least for the NHL, and there's a little bit of a comparison that can be made for hockey, or for college, I mean, it's pretty applicable, but a championship team always has to have a strong physical defense and a good goalie. That's going to be much more important than whatever high-octane high scoring offense you can put out there that's why you have teams like the lightning who had victor hedman and all and whoever Sergeyev. else you want mikhail sergachev and that's a vasilevsky in goal mm -hmm. blues a couple years ago had alex petrangelo jay bowmeister colton pareko all these other people as well and one of the best blue lines in the league and it's stuff because the defense is always going to be much more consistent if you can win games by playing good physical defense with getting good goaltending that's going to do much better for you than just try just trying to rely on saying like we're going to put up a lot of, try and put up a lot of goals see if you can keep up because that's not nearly as consistent that's why you've seen teams like Colorado most recently or a few years ago maybe Dallas I could to a certain extent uh where they play that track meet style of hockey and they always seem to kind of fizzle out in the playoffs that's my take at least you're, you, they're not getting like the offense is always going to be kind of coming going to go through ruts it's all about timing with that kind of stuff. But they're not getting good defense from their actual defensemen. And while they've been scoring a little bit, they're just trying, they're getting outshot constantly. And that's the reason they're losing the games, I think, more than anything.
and this this will just be my last point on it was I understand the inflated shot totals. I understand you get it outshot by an average of 19. The last game, they were only technically outshot 28 to 21, five on five. They gave up 17 shots on the power play. Of course, you're going to get burned if you do that. But I I don't know what it is in past games. I can't really do the quick math here. Plus, I, I, I really wasn't thinking about that until you brought it up. But, I mean, on quick look, 45 shots for Wisconsin's third of a third of that came on an, or a little bit over a third of that came on the power play. And then the night before, if I can open up a PDF here, they win five to two. They get out. Michigan State gets out shot. Let's see. 39 to 30. Mm-hmm. And on the power play, they get out shot. Let's see. Or five on five. So it's 39 to 30. They get out shot. Okay. 24 to 37. One shot, one goal on both of the power plays for Wisconsin that they converted on. That's that's surprising. But to me, it's just it's in that second game, they got outshot on the power play. That that was their that was their main main thing. I just think the well is running dry five on five, especially without some speci- some key players being in the lineup. But they just they can't score on the power play and they can't become a one trick pony. Otherwise, games like last weekend happen i would say most of the season they've been a two-trick pony one being goaltending two being their new addition scoring but now the new additions are slowing down a bit the whole offense in total slowing down a bit and the one trick pony that msu was last year which was goaltending is showing itself again and that's something that we we us three do not want to see because we all know last year msu and we hope it doesn't go back to there but that's it seems like these past four games it's been it's been like jumping in a pool full of negative 30 degree ice cold water it's like holy crap like what did we just stumble upon this is not where we were thinking we were going with this season as fans but uh anyways we talked a lot about that game just a couple more stats from that 3-2 game two loss against wisconsin charleston did start between the pipes to ritter game one charleston game two he saved 42 out of 45. He's still looking good. DeRitter's still looking good. It's just the shot totals. And speaking of the shot totals, MSU went 0 for 2 on the power play, while Wisconsin went 2 for 7. They had 7 opportunities. Overall on that weekend, MSU went 0 for 5. Wisconsin went 4 for 12. I know there's some game misconduct, some 5-minute uh, majors thrown in there, but if you have 5 power play opportunities to 12 of the other team, that's it just it seems seems a little bit seems a little bit off also now because of this uh this last weekend pat coming and passing for msu they are now three and seven in their last 10 games zero and four in the last two series after starting eight five and one so that's just kind of a wake-up call how good it looked at the beginning obviously with a lot of non-conference games and now how it's turning out to be so that's that's just MSU right now, and uh, we'll move on. By the way, I got a question for you guys. Lewandowski has miss, missed uh, the Wisconsin series. He's missed a couple series in a row. How many games has he missed in a row now? I think he, he was out against the Minnesota, 
Did he play it's GLI? Four. He played second game of GLI. He got injured okay. second game GLI, and then you he got had injured this in the second stat. period. What is MSU without Lewandowski playing? Did you have that stat, Cam? If I remember in passing, I think they're nine four and one with him in, and I think two and ten without her. What is what's the record right now? I know you I'm, said two and ten without him. It's something. It's definitely it's, that. It's something or close weird. It's that. something very weird. I'm looking at like I, I heard it in passing. But so the the underlying or the underarching thing or like they're is they're just, just it's even without the record it's they are not good without him in the lineup. Yeah. So something that MSU definitely leans toward Lewandowski being in the lineup as a positive thing and. He hasn't been able to. We're not sure what's going on with that. So that's something that hopefully we could get some good news on, but no no news as of right now. Do you have anything else, Cam, before I move on or no. Okay. I'm trying to figure out the, the record. I know it's it's up there in terms of the losses without him. It's in there. Yeah, just go cut me off because I'll be talking You're about good. just some schedule updates for a bit. So last week on the pod, if you guys do not remember, we will dauntingly remind you that MSU's schedule now gets uh, very, very difficult. This weekend, they welcome in the number 15 Ohio State Buckeyes. After that, they do have a bye week before traveling to Minnesota and then to Michigan. And then I'm not even going to say the rest of the schedule because it's still looking rough there. But we do have a game to look at this weekend. And let's get right into it, ladies and gentlemen. It's a new weekend. Anything could happen. It's sports. MSU welcomes in number 15, the Ohio State Buckeyes. They just came off of a split against number 13, Notre Dame. Uh, they won the first game 4-1, lost the second game 3-2 in overtime. Uh, OSU looking very, very hot recently. They've won eight out of their last nine for those coming against non-conference competition against Bowling Green and Long Island. So not the best of competition, but hey, eight out of nine, you're doing something good. Ohio State currently sits at 16-7-1 overall, 8-5-1 in the big. Last time these, these two teams met back in late October, uh, they split the series. MSU won the first game 2-1, and then Ohio State showed up on Saturday and won 5-1. And then uh, Jacob, Jacob Dobesh. Jacob Dobesh. Jacob, Jacob, sorry. Sorry, Jacob. Jacob Dobesh. For Ohio State, their freshman goaltender is just having one heck of a year with a 2.12 goal, goals allowed average, a 9.29 save percentage. That's seventh best nationally and second best in freshman goalies. So, Jakub Dobesh, have yourself have yourself a season and hopefully don't have yourself a weekend against the Spartans because the Spartans need anything they could get. But what are you guys looking at this series and? How can MSU turn this season around right now? I mean, it's kind of something to harp on to a little bit more when we get to the um, to the blank wins if section. But part of the reason too is like like we mentioned, that offense is stalling hard right now. It's coming to a screeching halt, and I think a lot of that can all can be attributed to losing Mitchell Lewandowski for however long they've lost him. Um, and obviously we talk about the record shows that and everything, but what they're losing with Mitchell Lewandowski out of the lineup is they're not moving the puck very effectively on offense. They're not able to really find open guys, get them good looks uh, at the goalie in order to be able to contribute points like that. Chemistry does seem a little bit off, yeah. Exactly. A little bit, I could say, 
a larger word for that, but I'll save a little bit for now. Yeah, exactly. So that's kind of the thing there too, is they're not really moving the puck effectively. Um, and when you're not doing that, it does not bode well, especially if you're playing against a goalie uh, like Dobesh, who does a pretty good job of already of stopping pretty much everything that gets tossed at him. The numbers obviously speak for themselves. So the matchup does not look great on paper for the Spartans. I will admit that. But so the key is someone's going to need to step up and try and fill that Lewandowski role of trying to be a little bit more of a playmaker and set up things for the offense. I mean, I just, I, for me, I don't know exactly which Michigan State team is going to show up because going to practice and watching practice, there's, there's, all the players have basically said there's a sense of urgency. There is a newfound, or not necessarily newfound, but there's been enforced of urgency. That was the first thing that uh, Nico Mueller said. That was the first thing that um, one of the Krieger twins said. I forgot which one. And even even Dan Cole said it himself, urgency. That's essentially what they're, they're because they're running out of time. And to me, this is a it's another must win series. Um, and they're they're on home ice. It's they've they've gotta play for the fans, they've gotta play for their families. They they basically have to play for the, the guy next to them because it just it seems like at some points the just the it, they get deflated and it just seems like it's a completely different team sometimes. But for me, with this Ohio State team, this is a team that is looking to make waves, pushing to get a home playoff game, prove all the media wrong, prove the doubters wrong, and they've done a good job so far of doing it. 16-7-1, 8-5-1 in the Big Ten. They're playing very good against top competition. And their freshmen are playing very good against top-tier competition, too. Exactly, and that's that's the scary That's scary, thing. yep. So, for me... Dobesh is going to have to probably play lights out again because this is a Michigan State team that's hungry to turn things around from what I've seen and from what I've heard. But can they do it? It's, that's only if they can put the puck past Jakob Dobesh more times. It's it's the almost a John Madden-esque. They're not going to win the game unless they score more. Yep, and it's going to have to be that way. It is, and especially against a, a goaltender, especially a freshman goaltender with a, a 930. I'm not a goaltender, but I know goaltender stats, and that's a that's very good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're not talking about a 930 class here, 930 save percentage right there. And I'm pretty right. sure his is higher than Portillo's, who's the goaltender for Michigan. It was probably around the same as LaFontaine's. Before he left. Portillo's a 921 right now. Ex- yeah. Even then, Portillo's should be a lot lower. Surprisingly enough, LaFontaine only had a 900, even. Yeah, that's what I remember. But, like, Portillo should be a lot lower with the way that he plays. I don't know how that kid gets it done, but there's been multiple times that his defensemen have saved him. I was going to say, it helps a lot when you've got guys like Owen Power out there, you know, making them take shots from the top of the circles instead of down low. Which is the one thing that I wanted to say in terms of the schedule. This is the last thing I do before we we, kind of move on from Ohio State, but we do have a little bit of insider knowledge. Mm, Do tell, do tell. Well, it's not really insider because the United States already kind of made it known. Michigan and Minnesota, this is the last game that they're going to have at least six of their players. Well, combined. 
I think it's three and three right now with the United States team. You're talking about this weekend will be this the weekend last is weekend. the last time okay. that I'm pretty sure, unless they they play again next weekend. But I think those ki- like three of them are, or at least four or five of them will already be in Beijing for the mm. Olympics, and three of them include or are on Minnesota's roster, including Matthew Nyes and um a guy who pretty much torched Michigan State in that w- the second Myers. game Walker? Ben Myers oh, Myers Ben Captain. Myers yes he's out he's gone him? yeah okay it's Myers Nyes and Faber okay. are gone and then for Michigan it's Beneers uh nobody knows about power yet cuz team Canada hasn't released a roster but I know it's at least two or three guys and ex ex Michigan goaltender Strauss Mann will be the United States goaltender at least oh. one of them because he's been playing in, I think, the Swedish League. Oh, he's already over there. But that's just going to show that Michigan State will be playing a down three scholarship players, Minnesota, and down three, two, four, maybe possibly five Michigan scholarship players. Yeah, and those are back-to-back weeks there. So Exactly. Yeah. If those players are all still in Beijing, that's hey, that's huge. That yeah, c- good for them. Go win a gold. Yeah. Go bring it home for USA, boys. There you go. Anything else you guys want to talk about previewing the series? Nope. No, not really. I think we covered pretty much everything. Let's just jump right into the blank wins. If Jacob, Ohio State will win if they do what? I'm going to say, I think it's kind of obvious, but they can't allow a power play goal. Um, I have it written down here. MSU is 3-9 and nine now when, they're not, when they don't score in the power play. Uh, with the Michigan State offense, it's already struggling to get things going as is. Um, though That would be the easiest opportunity for Spartans to be able to do that. So... Taking away those chances and not letting them get a goal on special teams is the is the easy way to shut down the Spartan offense and, and have the Buckeyes come out with a win. Score three, it's easy. Michigan State is quick math two and twelve when allowing three or more. So they're gonna, in order for Michigan State to win, they need to play a tight game. And if Ohio State can score three past either Charleston or DeRitter, which isn't necessarily a given as both of those two goaltenders do stand on their head pretty much night in and night out. But if if Ohio State scores three, it's the writing's there on the wall. I got the same exact one. Michigan State in the last eight games has not, has not been able to score over three goals. Their offense is sputtering. Ohio State off... Ohio State's offenses, offense has been doing good. They could get to three-plus, and that is something that will hinder Michigan State if Ohio State does get to that. Jacob, Michigan State will win if they do what exactly? This is much easier said than done, but I have it that they have to win the shot battle. They've only outshot their opponent twice this whole season, wow. and they're 2-0, and though, when they do it. So someone is going to need to step up and fill in that Mitchell Lewandowski kind of role of a playmaker, being able to facilitate the rest of the scoring talent, guys like Jimmy Davidson, Griffin Lochran, people like that. That are that can put the puck in the back of the net, but they need someone to set them up in those opportunities like that, and so that's going to be the key, I think, is having good, getting good playmaking, uh, which then opens up the rest of the offense and potentially can help you win a shot battle and even the game. This is somewhere where I want to see Josh Nodler step up into that leadership role. Agreed. Ju- junior or senior this year? Junior. Junior. Okay, good. I was I should have just stuck in my gut, but junior this year. Has been in power positions, have show has shown leadership, 
somebody like Lewandowski's out, somebody else does need to step up. We've seen that last couple weeks, and I would I would love to see Nader step up personally, but hey, that's just me butting into uh, Jacobs Blake wins if, but Cam, Michigan State will win if they do what? I mean, just score on the power play. If they can score five on five, that's good, but they, they just need offense at this point in time, and I, I honestly think they'll take it whatever way it comes. Mm-hmm. Um. Don't miss wide open shots. If you have a breakaway, punish the other team. Um, and stay out of the box. But essentially just score on the power play. Special teams has been their bread and butter all year. Whenever they're good in that battle, they usually pick up a win. So Michigan State, score on the power play. Don't take that many penalties and, you know, get a win. Man, we're like two peas in a pod today because I wrote two things down and you said both of them. So, hey, I'm going to go for the same thing. Michigan State, score power play goal for everything that Cam said because, yeah, Michigan State needs it. It's our bread and butter. If they get back to it, they could pull a winner too. So that is it for the blank wins if segment. For the pickums. we have uh, not any shakeup in the standings. Um, we all guessed... Michigan sweeping Penn State, that's two points. Uh, Ohio State splitting against Notre Dame, we also all guessed, so that is a point. MSU got swept by Wisconsin, so that is zero points. Uh, Minnesota somehow dropped one against Alaska, so no points for any of us. And then I'm not really sure where I saw this game, uh, but number five, St. Cloud State, and number six, Denver, did not happen. I think I saw, or I was looking into February, and that was the, the same exact dates as... Uh, January, so like third and fourth, and I just saw it and put it in there. So uh, that game didn't happen. Disregard that. So conclusion of all that, we all just got three points. Nothing really happened. So I yeah. could have really just said we all got three points and then moved on. But now we're moving on. I got twenty-two points. Cam's got twenty-eight. Jacob's got thirty-five. So Jacob, we'll start with you. The first series on the slate, number three, Michigan takes on number eleven, Minnesota. Um. I've got very boring pickums this week. I got a split here. Um really with it, I mean, yeah, like it's they're two very good programs. Minnesota, while they are the lower rank, they're only eleventh right now. They have been starting to pick it up a little bit more recently, I think. Um after that win against Michigan State and just how they've been doing recently. I I still don't know I think I would consider the Alaska game as kind of a one off. Uh but as of right now, I, I see each getting a split. Neither team have been like all that consistent either. So, just with the talent, I'm I'm gonna get I'm gonna say that they get at least one on each other. Yeah, I mean that's a that's a good you know pick just because both teams you don't really know what you're gonna get. I think they're one and one already. One game Minnesota. Yep. I think one pretty good. It was Michigan or Michigan or Minnesota won five one and then yeah. Michigan won six two. So yeah, they both, both won just blowouts. good victories for each. I team. could see Michigan winning both, just because they're on another roll lately. But I think Minnesota gets one before they send away three of their players, and kind of I think they would jump back or no, they won. They would still be a few points back, but try to make it close at the top. So I got a split. I'm going for the points. I got still have to make up some ground, even though I really haven't been putting in too much effort. Michigan, uh, they went to Massachusetts, won a series. They went 
to or no they did they go to mass no they they, they welcomed sad. umass okay they welcomed umass and welcomed penn state and got two series sweeps in a row they're doing good and although i know how the big 10 works and once a team goes on roll for a bit they usually meet an opponent that's good and stop that roll but i'm just going for the hey give me two points michigan i'm picking the sweep and that is that Next game on the slate, Wisconsin travels to Happy Valley to take on the Penn State Nittany Lions. Tensi, who do you have? Split. Um, these are pretty similar teams, in my opinion. I don't know. In terms of play style and everything, I don't feel strongly either way about either team. Let's all take a split. Plus, they did it last time out, so no reason to think anything different. Mm. Yeah, me not realizing it, being at State College, kind of throws a little wrench in the in the spokes of my metaphorical bike, but I'm still going Wisconsin. I think that Penn State, even though I said it was Penn State Revenge Tour at the beginning of the year, I they haven't showed it at all this year. So as I drop something onto the marble, whatever, this isn't even marble. marble desk. It is a marble desk. But I, I don't think Penn State has shown it um, recently. They, they can play in games, but I think Wisconsin – Gets a lot of momentum after jumping Michigan State in the standings. They are starting to go on a roll. They can put themselves in a position to, you know, should some things go their way, they might be able to even finish fourth, maybe. Oh, gosh. That That's that's the thing. So I've got Wisconsin in a, in a sweep. I think that they, they beat Penn State, who has really no recollection of being the Penn State of two, three years ago when they won the Big Ten. For me, I'm going Penn State sweep, mainly just because of the points. Nobody else picked Penn State to sweep, but I think they got home ice advantage. Obviously, we've talked about that all year, but I think Wisconsin, they're going to be riding off the high. They're going to be like, woo, we did it. We swept a series and then come in a little bit, a little bit tired, a little bit sleepwalking into Penn State, and then maybe they get bushwhacked. But we'll see. I put my pick down as Penn State for the sweep. But next game on the slate, number 15, Ohio State traveling to East Lansing to take on the Spartans, Jacob Stinson. You know what I'm about to ask, so I'm not even going to ask it. It's tough here because you have two teams trending in very opposite directions right now. Michigan State is reeling hard for a win right now. and Dropping six in a row would just be catastrophic for your season right there. Yeah. So And that's the thing. I find it hard to believe, just based off law of averages and everything else, that Michigan State will drop six games in a row, which is why I'm going to take a split here. They something needs to they need to figure something out in terms of that offense. I don't quite know what it will be, or where it'll come from, or who will get the goals. But something's got to happen. Something's got to give eventually, and so I'm going to take a split here, just based off the trends here. I'm going to say one. There's going to be one game where. It'll be close. Spartans, I'm going to say Spartans will take one, like 3-2, close one goal game. And then the next game, I'm going to say like 4-1 Ohio State, just because that's how it's been like for most of their series. Don't know why, but I'm just going to, long answer, just to say I'm going to take a split. I don't see Dan Cole letting this team drop six in a row. This isn't last year. I I think that the... Losing has gone on long enough for his liking, so I think they have a split. I do see them taking both, though, in this series, in in a in a perfect world for green and white fans. Um, 
they're welcoming a team that they know that they can play against, that they know that they can beat, as they almost did earlier in the year. They squeaked out a one-goal win, and then they got obliterated the next night, if I remember correctly. And they, Nico Mueller said it, they did not play well. They didn't play well to end that series. And it started in the first game. They squeaked out a victory. They got the sec. They got, they got told in the second game. Now they're home. They're f- under 500. They need a win. I see them getting one. They might drop one, but I can see them winning both. Just because of, of the, the situation that they're in. But in terms of if I was a betting man, I'd go split. And for me, even though of everything that you guys said that I agree with, I agree with pretty much every point you guys have made. Michigan State, they're at home. They need this. They're not going to drop six straight. That's just not how it works. I fully think this is going to be a split, but just for the points, just in case this happens, which I am not wanting this to happen, I'm just saying just in case, I will take two points if Ohio State sweeps Michigan State. But that's not going to happen, so it's whatever. But for the spirit of just throwing in, Another random game. That's all the uh, the Big Ten action we got in the pickums. But the battle of the Upper Peninsula, ladies and gentlemen. If you didn't know, I'm a big UP guy. I love going up north, wilderness, this and that. Literally, you guys, you guys need to go up there. It's literally a, never been. Ah, oh, it is beautiful. Go up there during the summer, not the winter when there's seven feet of snow everywhere. But uh, yeah, summer UP Michigan is beautiful. And without further ado. Michigan Tech traveling to Northern Michigan. The battle of the UP. Jacob Simpson, who you got? Mm, I'm taking a split here. Um, they're both ranked pretty much about the same. I think right now it's number 17 at number 19. So. Oh, shoot. I forgot to add rankings. Thank you for that. So I just I went and looked it up real quick. But, yeah, they're both pretty similar teams from what it looks like on paper. Uh, rankings and all. Don't feel Honestly, haven't really watched Northern Michigan this year. Obviously, Me either. Obviously, we saw Michigan Tech last month. Both pretty good teams, um, but don't feel strongly either way. Gonna take a split. Going straight, uh, four splits in a row this week. I think that might be the first time in the season that's happened. Very, very interesting. No sarcasm in that at all. Cam, who you got? I kind of need the points. I haven't really watched Northern. I know that they've been good least recently, and I know I'm kind of speaking in like definitive periods, which is like if somebody's transcribing this, like good for mm-hmm. you. Give me the Huskies. Give me the Huskies. I, I think Tech wins this, and I think they uh-huh. win it by two goals in both games. Wow. I just – I think Tech, they've been consistently, you know, top 20, not top 15, but I just – I think that Tech, you know, puts their foot down, even though they're not at their home rank, which I just now realized. <laughs> Ooh, got to take that one back there. Yeah, I'm not. I'm still going with the Huskies. I think that this is a team that can make waves and needs wins for pairwise because I'm pretty sure they're a CCHA team. Yep. There's some CCHA teams that are not that good. <clears throat> St. Lawrence or is it St. Thomas? No, nope, St. Thomas. Yeah, sorry about the Tommies. It's not a good year the to Saints be your, your first year in D1. Ooh, but long story short, to me – I think Tech takes it. Um, give me the two points. Please. I need them. I'm going conservative, even though I do need the points. But I'm just going for the easy split. Two good teams. They split earlier in the season. Hey, if one team does sweep, though, they win the Upper Peninsula. So 
that's gonna be that's gonna be a battle to watch out for. I know it doesn't seem like you guys really care too much about the Upper, upper Peninsula, but it's a big deal. There'll be Upers up there. It's don't far. you know? It is far. I've driven eleven hours just in Michigan alone. That was to the top of the UP. Beautiful place, Copper Harbor, Eagle Harbor. Oh, would go back. Anyways, that is the Pickums. Hopefully. Uh, Cam and I get a little bit closer, Jacob, to make this interesting. We do have the rule that we have an uh, we have an implicated. We may we may we have may, to we may have to we may have to trying to, s- trying to rig it against me. Yes. Whoa oh, there, whoa, whoa there, hold, hold, it, hold no. up, just, hold just, up. It, it just makes things interesting. Yeah, just reintroducing a rule that we had last year, just keeping the trend going. It was a, it know. was a spontaneous rule. Very. It was one of those things that only comes in during like the final <clears throat> semester of the season, which we're a little bit <clears throat> late on. Oh. We didn't. We didn't do it at the start of the year. No, we did it. Did we? No, I, I think we, we did that no. pretty late in the season. I thought. I I want to say like it was. Oh yeah, because we, we were also like break. we were trying to figure out NHL scheduling too. True, because they were still out. Which... Yeah, it was. It was past the second half of the season. I know that. And then we kept things going with NHL a little bit yeah. and yeah. NCAA. Thank yeah. you, UMass. Lovely people. <laughs> <laughs> it's the only. You know, I will forever now be a UMass. Fan, except if Michigan State plays them or other teams. Michigan State. Other UMass than that, anything from year? that area, like Massachusetts, except for like maybe the Hartford Wolfpack and anything Hartford Whalers related, that entire area I could care less about. Are we talking about heading on Boston right now? Yes. Yes, I I have been to Boston. I saw what I needed to see, and I left. I rest my case. Never been. Cannot speak on it. All I know is I don't like the Bruins. That's about it. Speaking of Bruins, because that's a bear, that is a beautiful t-shirt that you have right now. I've been thinking about that all podcast. I just realized it. This man over here has a Vancouver Grizzlies t-shirt. Now, mind you, I've seen like the old jerseys because you can still buy them and stuff like that, but those are beautiful. Oh, Oh, best NBA jerseys of all time. No, no doubt about it. I mean, this is... I do do it because I bought the shirt because I'm a Memphis fan. A good time to be one, but oh yeah, they're playing out of their mind right now. Jaw, yeah, Jaw is playing very well. Needs to be in the MVP combo, honestly. Go watch I, some oh, NBA. Every time I turn on SportsCenter, the first thing that's that is on is just Jaw Morant being an absolute menace to society on the court. He's Doing something so fun to watch. Ridiculous. I I just remember how hyped I was when they when uh, the Grizzlies got up in the lottery that far. Uh, but no, trust me. I, I've been through some hard times as a Grizzlies fan, back when they were like one twenty games with Tyree Evans as their leading scorer. But that's a rant for another time. I still remember when they had OJ Mayo. But now, <laughs> now we could scratch that off the list of things that have made their way onto this podcast. OJ Mayo. It well, OJ Mayo, NBA basketball. There we go. A Memphis sports team and hating on Boston. There Besides we go. UMass. We haven't hated on Boston. Yeah, and the the thing that I got to bring it back to this, the thing oh, I'm geez. most pissed about Boston is I heard two Boston accents while I was in there. That was the <laughs> thing I was most excited for too. I heard ice cold water here. I get your water. That's it. That's freaking it. That's it. I was sad. Sorry, I cut something off there. No, something no about speaking Vancouver. of sad is no, just... Jack Campbell. Who's... Oh yeah, what what made the podcast? There we go. Yeah, we oh have... Adam get Fox. Let's go. Out. <laughs> Fantasy Hockey Making Return. Thank you, Adam Fox. Okay, before we go down that loophole, we're going to end it here. We do have coverage on the game this weekend, though. The gentlemen surrounding me, Jacob and Cam, will be on the call. Go to uh, impact89fm.org, and then there's a listen live little button there. Boom, click that. 
and the game's starting at seven seven oh seven puck drop probably. Most likely, we'll Most probably likely. be on the air at around six forty seven, six forty eight. So there you go, around the uh, the late sixth hour of the night. Just yeah, uh, you know, just in. hit listen live. You know, yeah. tell your friends, tell your parents. Oh, Even you yeah. know what, give your dog the phone and have him just him or her it just yes. paw it down. You know, just have you know what, put it on every single speaker system you have. Why not? And just let it let the delay happen. Yeah, it is that easy. To just run up the streaming numbers. numbers. Now, do not try and watch the stream and listen to the radio at the same time. No, that is not a very good thing to do. Not a very good option. Mute the stream. Listen to the radio, though. Don't even do that. Just, okay, just, don't do that. Just listen to no, the radio. Do it, do it to run up the numbers. <laughs> listen to the soothing voices the of Cameron McC- McLaren and Jacob Stinson. Very Soon. soothing. Very definitely. We've already blessed the air airwaves once with with the Miami series, so this will be round True. two. We, we blessed the the internet airwaves. Yes, we did. And national television airwaves. Yes, we did Ooh. because no, we I on a Wednesday that. morning. I did. Um, no, my favorite part about that whole thing, that home. So context for people listening, uh, what Cam and I broadcasted the first game of the Miami Ohio series earlier this year. Yep. Uh, for BTN Student U, and they ended up rebroadcasting the national t- channel or whatever. Picked uh, it up. Yeah, they liked it enough to the point where they rebroadcast it on national TV the week after, or like the Wednesday after. Yep, nine in the morning. Yeah, I remember watching it uh, before leaving for class. Um, what annoyed me about it so much was, because I, I was doing color, Cam was play-by-play. When they edited it down for time, they cut out like 90% of everything I said. Like, unless I was talking between, or like in between whistle, or like during the action, it was like something in the neutral zone or whatever, it was like 90% cam. But this is where I'm going to sit my, or like set my foot down. I gave you ample opportunity to talk in that oh, third period whenever I was dying to drink water, okay? We are I stopped water. so many times, and this kid water. just did not open his mouth. I swear, I sweater, just, I, I... Please don't do that to me again this weekend. I know you won't. We're 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 better than that. We are professionals. You are possibly okay. Now we're now we're going down. We're going down another tangent. We need to end this podcast. Anyways, yeah, that's the last thing I'm going to say. They'll be out the call. Their beautiful voices. I will be writing, so there will be a story up on Impact 99 FM, and then on Saturday's game, just you two guys will be writing live tweeting. So that is it for Behind the Mask episode 13, season 10, whatever the flip, Jim man. We're out of here. Have a great rest of your day, and we'll be back next week. Yes, I said flip, Jim. Flip, Jim. And we're gonna end the podcast on that. Peace out.